Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Hugh Atchison, and this is another kind of episode of The Passenger Life's been pretty weird in my industry this week, yet again, kind of three and a half weeks into this nonsense, and uh, it's a pretty scary pandemic out there. I equate it to restaurants just being the first line that fell uh, pretty quickly because we had to, to ensure public safety. So we took the hit. The CARES Act is going to help immensely. A lot of us will get back open. A lot of people just have lost interest in the industry that's really hard in normal times. But as I uh, look at the coronavirus COVID-19 global cases by the Center for Systems Science and Engineering, which is the Johns Hopkins site that updates uh, pretty often, you've got 887,000 confirmed cases. A lot of people dealing with this in different ways. CDC is pretty much now mandating that you probably should wear a mask. Um, let's talk about rubber gloves, latex gloves. They are there for safety, but as in restaurants, they only work if you treat them like gloves and you're conscious of what they've touched. They don't protect everything. If you touch a surface that's got stuff on it, you might as well not be wearing the gloves at that point. So you just got to keep going to be smart. Um, we have ways uh, and systems at the restaurant. Uh, right now, Empire State South is my only restaurant that's operational, doing pretty lavish to-go food. And then a really big system of with an amazing law firm up the street and with the uh, Blank Family Foundation, we've been feeding first responders and uh, a lot of people in the medical community. So first responders, uh, first responders being uh, police officers and ambulance and all those 911 response people, um, so and then doctors and nurses and hospital workers and all those people who are on the front lines who are right now 
our heroes. They are our army, and we need to keep them nutritionally fed. Now, the big thing about, you know, you can always deliver a pizza. I love pizza, too. But in this time, I think people who work 16 to 20-hour shifts need nourishment. And uh, the big thing about food and what I do every day is that we nourish people. And that's cooking food with heart and that's safe and good for them and gives them energy and spirit and that they know is made by a human who cares about them. And I think that's the most important thing that we can do right now. Still checking on my neighbors. Uh, the elderly woman across the street is good. Got her some toilet paper the other day, you know. Got to keep, uh, keep people uh, having what they need. The Chinese graduate student who's very quiet next door. He's safe and sound. Check on him every other day or so uh, from afar. Kind of yelling into his window. Very nicely yelling, but just still yelling. It's really interesting to me, the economic impact that shutting down the hospitality industry has, and we don't think about the tentacles of, uh, of an economy, and the economy of restaurants and hospitality is like 15 million employees in the United States. We account for like 4% of the GDP in the country. So it's pretty huge, but then when you really spread out the tentacles, one of the things that we're really concerned about is farms. And a lot of the farms that we deal with are are people we know and people we know well in the community and uh, around Athens and Atlanta and who work really hard. And uh, the majority of what they raise and, uh, uh, you know, uh, that they harvest goes to restaurants. And so when restaurants are dark and only buying immediate supplies and emergency supplies to feed their people or to make simpler to-go food, um, oftentimes the farms that are uh, such amazing, sustainable and organic places they're getting squashed right now. So we're going to call somebody in a little bit um, who's a very good friend and a wonderful human, and that's Molly Chester. And Molly runs Apricot Lane Farm in Moore Park, California, just over the hills north um, of Los Angeles. And she and her husband, John, John Chester, did an amazing documentary recently called Biggest Little Farm that won a ton of awards and accolades. And it's a wonderful documentary that you can go online and get and, and watch or rent or whatever and stream. Um, but you should go do that because it shows the impact and the, the amount of work that it takes to really do, do diversified farming in America today on a small scale and be successful in it. Uh, but Molly and John, John's a documentary filmmaker as well, and he did the whole film himself. And Molly runs the farm with John, and they're just amazing people. And really, it should be an inter interesting call. Let me get Molly Chester on the phone. We're going to go and uh, talk about how this crazy pandemic is affecting small farms that do amazing work. Molly Chester, you're on the phone from Moore Park, California. How are you? Hi, Hugh. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm getting through days. It seems yeah. like everything's different every day. And it's like uh, just dealing with newfound things that I've never had to deal with before. Yeah, no, that's the honest response because that's pretty much what we're doing over here, too. It's it's grueling. Okay, let's talk about what Apricot Lane Farms does because a lot of the listeners won't understand the diversity involved 
Um, but they can always go watch Biggest Little Farm, which is the most amazing documentary about the farm, about Molly and her husband, John. But oh. Molly, tell me about what the farm does and the, uh, the diversity that's inherently important to you guys. Yeah, so um, we are a 214-acre biodynamic and organic farm. And um, really, as a sum total, it's, we practice regenerative farming. So it's looking at our farm as an ecosystem and trying to figure out how that we can build fertility and uh, create fertility from the inside out. And uh, so then animals become a really big part of that because we use their manure as fertilizer. And um, it's very, very diverse, which is kind of the key to um, preventative with uh, making sure our microbes have enough diversity to be healthy and happy. And in that diversity, it's very complicated, which makes a time like this a little extra nuanced for us. So you guys raise a lot of fruit. And originally, yes. the, the area was really known for avocados. And you've got about eight or nine different types of avocados on the property. Uh, what's coming into harvest right now? Well, the half season just started. So that's okay. um, a big majority of our trees. And um, we we do those very well. It's something that we're known for. And really one of the keys is that you focus on the soil, but then you also wait to harvest them for when they're ready because so often they get harvested in January. They aren't anywhere near to the oils being developed. So um, we wait until the very last week in March to do that. So they are coming in and lemons are here right now. And we have sold out so quickly on meat that we're going to have to face um, some some more slaughter to to restock that, but that'll be a slow process with everything going on. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like it, it, organic farms in Georgia have been so impacted because they've lost the revenue of, of restaurants predominantly. But mm -hmm. I think on the other side, they're still having vast success of farmers markets if they're planned right. Uh, yes. So, what initiatives are you guys taking at farmers markets to ensure safety? Yeah, that's really the um, the hard part. Um, we have changed our stands to be a um, where people walk up and they request what they want and then we bag it up for them. And so no customers are touching the produce and we're using gloves and keeping it as sanitary as we possibly can. Um, thankfully, my sales um, manager is a former chef. So cross-contamination and things like that come very naturally to him. So he was able to really look at it from that perspective, and we ended up setting the tone for other farmers in the region who switched theirs to that kind of walk-up service as well, which was great. Yeah, I think we're all walking HACCP plans now, on yeah, mitig <laughs> mitigating disease at every step. Yeah. What's, what's the, uh, I mean, uh, the percentage of restaurant sales that you had before, I mean, what have you lost? Are any of them still ordering? We actually, because our farmer's market operation gained popularity so much, we um, we ended up, we don't have a lot of restaurant sales. We have a little bit, but we're able to redistribute that uh, food if needed. And um, our farmer's markets have been going strong. So from a sales perspective, it's really um, been okay. It's just been a huge hardship on our team um, because of all the different measures we've had to put in place on the farm. And it's just it's it's scary for them. We're managing emotions um, so much for all of us about how to do this best. And then even though we have every safety measure in place, it's a very courageous um, 
team member to work those farmers markets because you are interacting with the public. Yeah, in in the realm of things that have happened to your area in the last five years, given droughts and uh, fires and now a pandemic, um, yeah. uh, what comes next? Locusts? Oh, my gosh. I know. It feels like that. And, you know, it is this is definitely for our team. It's been the most emotionally difficult because of all the loss that you feel. It's just the loss of connection. We're all people that focus on um, building microbial uh, populations and we don't sanitize. That's the opposite of who we are. Defense is not something that we naturally slide into. And so that's been very grueling for us to figure that out. However, the silver lining is that nature, John likes to say, my husband, John likes to say nature is still open and it is very much so. So the solace that you feel by being on a farm right now, whether it's a bit um, of optics or not, is uh, because you still have people and you're still interacting. It feels very good to go on those walks these days, as I know everyone feels and knows in their own homes. And it brings you closer to nature because there's such an appreciation for the safety that that's providing right now. Yeah, it's, it is really interesting. So in, in the regular day-to-day operations of the farm and the biodynamic, I mean, biodynamism is, is a big circle. I mean, it's, it's, yes. you're feeding into it to get results out of it. Um, yes. So what are these hurdles that you're seeing now given the pandemic? Well, just the fact that we've had to completely restructure our team because we do have animals to feed and plants to at least water at a bare minimum. And if the coronavirus happened to um, happen to one of our team members on the farm with the different regulations, we'd end up having to quarantine anyone that that person came into contact with. So we've had to really put our heads together and come up with a system that's going to be implemented this coming week um, where we have an A team and a B team so that they're switching off weeks. So if we do have a challenge, it doesn't take down everything that's needed to just make us safe with feeding those animals and taking care of the trees. So that's been very difficult. And all of our forward progress, as I'm sure everybody feels, um, we're dealing with this collective grief and you just can't be in a state of um, progress and spearheading right now. So we've had to scale back to um, really maintenance. And that is a loss for us because it's springtime right now. And everything that, you know, this is go time for farmers. You can literally feel the buzz of the earth when spring comes. And now we just, we, we don't have the team members here. We can't focus on the fertility in the ways that we ordinarily would. We aren't um, able to build more compost in the ways that we always are. So we're going to feel the repercussions of this for long after it's over. Yeah, it's funny that the, the, the team would be, I mean, because the, the nature of taking care of animals is so constant, it's kind of like it's one team. So you can't just kind of have a breakout scenario of saying, you can't isolate one person really that easily. No. I was talking to Jose Andres the other day about, you know, how this is going to go and how they deal with it in Wuhan eventually. You know, if, if the pandemic gets that bad here, then my idea is to take all of my cooks and deliver them supplies to their house. They each make meals for 50 people a day and we get those out of the neighborhood somehow safely. Aww. Because, well, because we have to unit, like put individual units because then you if do. one cook goes down, it's okay. 
yes. um, that we can get them out of the, the chain. Um, and I think it's kind of borrowing from like terror cells, but hey, maybe <laughs> it's good organizational spirit that they have. Um, it is. That's an interesting perspective. And it is forcing a different type of um, patchwork community that probably will have some positives when we get to the other side of this. But it's so um, isolating. I, I think so, too, that there are some positives that come out of it. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that the way we think about feeding people, the fact that I go to the regular grocery store and see the dried bean aisle totally barren right now makes yeah. me proud somewhat that maybe America is understanding and can cook, uh, which is really important. As you and I know, we think that they don't really. <laughs> um, Jose Andres also said this. It was really interesting. He's like, uh, we talk a lot and he's an old friend, but he was he was just like, Hugh, you give 10 pounds of lentils to an old Italian woman with two ham hocks and they'll feed everybody. (laughs) She's like, we don't do that in America. And I was like, yeah, I know, but I think maybe you're being proven wrong now. So I think that there's good things. You know, I mean, I'm checking on my neighbor now. Yeah. um, The elderly woman who lives across the street. And we've waved at each other before, but now we're on a first name basis and we talk from a 12 foot distance each day. And I go and get our supplies. And I That's beautiful. talk to my Chinese graduate student neighbor on the other side who is a very quiet guy. And I was just worried about him. So checked on him mm. and got him some food. And, you know, so I think that it, you can get this distanced community to be even tighter than it was yes. uh, smartly. And that's really, that's good. It so is. tell me about the success of the documentary. That was a wonderful success. And um, it, so it, was in 20-some countries around the world. The coronavirus did affect a few of the rollouts. Japan had this beautiful launch planned, and it literally happened right as corona started, so that put a dampener there. But um, in the United States, it was very successful. We The last set of tours, which now have been canceled, so again, <laughs> there's kind of positive-negative. Yeah. But we um, this spring, we rolled out our first couple tours, and first couple, we have some VIP tours, too, and We put all those up on the website and we sold, it was something like 875 tickets in 17 minutes. Wow. So it definitely has helped the exposure for regenerative agriculture. The people that are into the film are the most wonderful group of individuals. They're all so inspired, so lovely. And so it's actually been quite a joy. So people, that's biggest little farm and you can get it. Where where can you stream it? So I know it's on Hulu. I know it's on the paid streaming services like Amazon, things like that. And I, it's not on Netflix in the United States. It is in some other countries. But it but, is on um, Hulu. So yeah, yeah. Hulu. Every, everybody can get it. And people, you got a lot of time these days. <laughs> yes. Go and watch a great documentary that's award-winning and depicts Apricot Lane Farm, which is one of the most beautiful places full of beautiful things that I've oh. ever been to. So it's a good place to be. Well, Molly, thanks for filling us in on your world and how this affects you. And we wish you good luck and best to all your crew. Thank you very much, Hugh. And best to you guys down there in Athens, too. I'm Hugh Atchison. You're listening to The Passenger from iHeartRadio. We'll be back after this quick break. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Apple Park. Give me a dolphin. 
What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Hugh Atchison. This is The Passenger. I still want to talk about other impacts that we're doing and, and what you need to think about in this world of how you help restaurants. Um, a lot of chefs uh, have been asking me for advice and chiming in with different ideas, and there's a lot of sharing on social media of what what's working and what's not. A lot of us have put uh, our hearts into trying to create small-to-go offerings, and depending on the how many regulars you have, how big your city is, maybe that's sustainable, maybe it's not. Uh, for most people, it's probably not. Um, selling gift certificates is is a good way of, of helping restaurants out, and buying them is a good way of helping out places. Um, but I'm shying away from that a little bit because I just don't want all the gift certificates. We use the money to pay salaried payrolls and um, insurance and rent and utilities and all that in the interim and while we're closed. Uh, but I don't want to spend all that money and then have it come back in gift certificates of money that I've already spent when we reopen in the first two weeks because that kind of terrifies me and we'd have no cash. But uh, I've been doing very sort of... Uh, I think a relatively smart thing, I'm selling advanced caterings. So people in the next two years can set a date and I will come to their house and cook for 10 to 40 people and on their cutlery and their silver and uh, their plates and whatnot with their glassware, they provide the beverage, but I just bring all the food. And um, my amazing chef friend who works for me, Sam Herndon, and I would will we'll cook an amazing five-course meal. And it's amazing how benevolent people and generous people are in these times. 
there's a lot of stuff that comes out um, where people do not act as good citizens. But man, for the most part, people are friggin' awesome. And they really rise to the challenge because we need to rise to the challenge right now. This is a uh, a pandemic that that we can we can squash if we're smart. And but it looks like it's going to take a pretty heavy toll. Um, my older sister's being self quarantined right now. Um, so and lives in California. She's got good health care, so we're not too worried. But she, you know, she also has diabetes and. Uh, that's a hard pre-existing condition to to work around with something that's uh that's got pretty sudden onset like COVID nineteen. So, but we'll keep you informed on how that goes. I I'm living on a positive note these days. Just trying to get by, trying to support my people. My kids came over the other day and we hung out. Uh, they've been isolating over at their mom's house, which is like three blocks away. Uh, but they came over with like Catan and had some roasted chicken. Hung out. Talk for a while, so it was good. You got to feed your people, nurse your people. You've been listening to The Passenger. This is a production of iHeartRadio, created by Hugh Atchison and Christopher Hasiotis. We're produced and edited by Mike Johns. Our researcher is Jesslyn Shields, and Christopher Hasiotis is our executive producer. Special thanks to Gabrielle Collins, Crystal Waters, and the rest of the crew. If you like The Passenger, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people like you find the show. If you're a local and you want to let me know what I missed and where I should go on my next visit, or if you've recently been a passenger like me and want to share your experience, hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Hugh Atchison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, use the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks for listening. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.